Welcome to the Natural Life Academy. Two mums sharing simple steps to a more natural life, for better health and a happier planet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Natural Life Academy. In this episode, we thought we'd give you a little bit of background on just how Kylie and I got to be on this natural life adventure. I'm not going to say journey again because we both decided we don't like that word. Um, So I'm going to share my story and then I will hand you over to Kylie to share her story. And it's just really nice to hear this because sometimes when you see someone who maybe is further ahead of you, further ahead than you in what whatever it might be it's really easy to compare yourself with where they are now when you might just be starting out so by sharing our stories of how it all started and what what it looked like for us over years and years and years we hope that it might give you make it seem a little bit more achievable for you and just show you that you no, know, we were probably wherever you were at some stage in the past So my story starts right back when I was a teenager in high school and I had terrible, terrible skin. I'm talking like I used to carry concealer around in my pocket. I wore makeup to school, not like makeup, like fancy makeup, just makeup to cover up my terrible skin. Um, My poor parents spent an absolute fortune. I must have spent on beautician appointments and products um, I can still smell Elabache if I think about it. And then dermatologist visits and all kind of specialists to try and help my issue. And eventually, I mean, nothing worked. Things made maybe a little bit of difference, but nothing worked. Eventually, I convinced my mum to let me go on Roaccutane, which she was really not, um, it wasn't something she wanted me to do. But in the end, she had a daughter who was, miserable with her skin and she allowed it so so back then I mean I don't know what it is now I actually thought that it had been banned because it's got some shocking side effects which thankfully I didn't experience but um back then if you were female you also had to go on the pill if you went on Roaccutane so that was me as a 17 year old went on Roaccutane I think it's about an 18 month course and on the pill and I my skin was perfect after that and I didn't really think twice about it for years and years and years until it was six years ago six nearly seven years ago now when my husband and I had we'd just gotten married and we knew that we wanted to start a family reasonably soon so I went off the pill straight after we got married and um sort of well a few months later my skin started getting really bad a few months after that so it was still it was about six months before I got my first period in that time you can imagine the am I pregnant am I not pregnant because you don't really know what's going on in that sort of limbo time my skin was terrible again like teenager skin and I was getting back knee as well which was just not cool um and a friend who was studying medicine at the time said to me are you sure you don't have polycystic ovaries so at this stage it was so I went off the pill in um, May of the of I can't remember what year it was 2012 and 2013 in January I went to a went to the GP and she ordered some tests and she said 
um, the test results came back. She said, it looks like you do have polycystic ovaries, but you'll need to go to a specialist to confirm that. So I booked my specialist appointment, which I think was maybe two weeks later. And in the meantime, I started doing a little bit of research on polycystic ovaries and natural treatments. Now, don't ask me what made me think that I wanted to try natural options because at that stage in my life, I wasn't really into, I had no reason to be into any of that. Um, There must have been something that triggered me, but looking back, I can't remember what it was, but there was something in me that just said, there's got to be another way. And then I think that part of it was that I'd been on the pill for all of this time when really, if I looked back, I'd had polycystic ovaries since I was 17. Um, I mean, looking back, I think polycystic ovaries is a bit of a, a blanket term for fertility issues or any kind of hormonal imbalance. But that had not been something that could be identified back then because it wasn't, it wasn't widely known. So if I had had hormone testing and addressed the issue back then, then maybe it wouldn't have progressed so far. Um, so in my mind, the pill had been masking that for that many years. Um, so I wanted to look for some kind of alternative. And at the time there was not a lot of information out there. There was the number one tip was losing weight. Now I was in the healthy weight range. Losing weight would not have been good for me at that stage. Um, if I was trying to fall pregnant and then there was reducing your exposure not exposure reducing soy so anything that was a phytoestrogen which is a food that mimics estrogen so reducing soy reducing sugar not that that's a phytoestrogen estrogen but that's not great for estrogen balance so reducing sugar um, dairy and gluten and then removing chemicals from your environment whether it be your products, your cleaning products, your skincare products, or your food in terms of switching to organic. And then the last thing was acupuncture. That was the only only thing that came up that was a natural treatment that um, I saw that there were quite a few people who had, who'd had success with it. So we went to the specialist. It was the 14th of February. I remember it was Valentine's Day. And he confirmed. He said, yes, you do have polycystic ovaries. Um, and he said that his first recommendation was to go on a drug called Clomid, which induces ovulation. And I said to him, is there any other way? Is there anything non-medical? And he said, no, I don't know of anything that is proven. And I said, no, I've read about acupuncture and other options. And he said, look, your chance of falling pregnant naturally, you have a 99% 99.9% chance of never falling pregnant naturally. That's what he said. But having said that, he wasn't unsupportive. He was supportive, but he didn't know enough about the other things to recommend them, which is totally fine. It's out of his his scope. So he agreed to do blood tests. He ordered me a whole lot of blood tests so I could test to see if I was ovulating around the certain times of the month. So meanwhile, I got so friendly with the girl at QML, the, the blood place that she made brownies for me one time side note so 
I'd made my appointment with my acupuncturist who just happened to be two blocks away from my house. So I think that was a couple of weeks later. In the meantime, I ditched. I did exactly what we recommend not doing because it is completely overwhelming and completely unnecessary, but I ditched anything in our house that had soy. I completely switched to organic. I got rid of all our cleaning products. I got rid of all my skincare products. I went hardcore like a woman on a mission to have a baby. Don't recommend that. Go easy because it's not a good option. Anyway, making all of these changes plus acupuncture and Chinese medicine, drinking like it tastes like mud twice a month, twice a month, twice a day, and three months later, and I was pregnant and had a healthy pregnancy, healthy baby boy. Then I guess I should go back a little bit say that switching out all our products, our cleaning products and our skincare, it was really stressful because back then there wasn't much, there wasn't much access to information um, in terms of what is actually not great for us and what is okay. And there wasn't a lot of access to products. It took a lot of Googling and researching different websites, you know, buying this from this website and this from this website because there was no shops really that sold stuff. And it was really expensive. So when I had my son, then when he started eating solids, then I got more into whole foods and nutrition. And that's sort of what led me down that path. And then, but, but after having my son, switching to organic and all of those things, I noticed that some of these cleaning products and things started to creep back into our house because we were on a budget. We had, we had a child and then... 11 months after he was born, we had another child. We, we didn't have another child. We found out we were pregnant with our second child. So completely naturally, again. So one of the first things that I noticed was that I was getting really bad, I won't say dermatitis, I was just getting really bad hands, cracked, dry, bleeding. And this is not even just in winter with the dry weather. And something occurred to me that maybe it could be my hand wash or the baby wipes that we're using or just some kind of product that, that I'm using in the house. And as I slowly started investigating and researching and really going back to what I was doing before, but looking into it more in depth, i.e. researching the ingredients and starting to make my own products where I could. And it, it was probably at this stage that I was introduced to essential oils. Um, I noticed that my hands started to heal and that sort of set me off on I guess the next leg of the low-tox adventure um, and ever since then I've just been really passionate about making the switch to more natural products um, to cooking from scratch to nurturing our health and looking to nature first for everything because I really think that we've gotten a long way away from it and it's it's not doing us great so my mission and Kylie's mission is to to try and make the the natural life as simple as possible for people so that it's not overwhelming so that you can make simple switches and that you can see a difference and to also the big thing for me has been I guess 
sort of teaching myself and empowering myself to actually to trust myself more. I know um, when I first started out, say with natural remedies and things like that, I didn't quite trust myself. But now over the years, with a lot of evidence, we used to be at the doctors every other week. There was one year where for about a month we were at the doctors a couple of times a week. For a month. Now, I can't actually think of the last time I've been to the doctor. I mean, I've been quite a few times this year because I'm pregnant at the moment. But they've just been for checkups, not for ill health. So we're not anti. I'm not anti um, Western medicine in any way. I just think that with everything, we need to learn to trust ourselves again. And I've gone off on a bit of a tangent. So, so that's my story. So I started off, no idea what I was doing, using all just the cheapest, least expensive of everything. And I'll say that now I've gotten it to a stage where I think that most of the things that I use around my home, the completely all natural options, they do just as good a job, if not better in some ways. And they're mostly less expensive. So all the people that say that it's more expensive to be natural, not true. Or that doesn't work as well, also not true. Okay, well, that's probably enough about me. So I'm going to now hand you over to Kylie. This episode was sponsored by Low Tox Home, our online program where you will learn how to make simple, natural swaps in your home to save money and improve your family's health in less than five minutes a week. For more information or to enroll, head to clairecreations.com forward slash home. Thanks, Claire. So a little about me, I suppose. Um, I'm a mum of three and a wife. My littlies are five, three and almost six months old at the time of recording this. Um, and... I think my story's probably been, it's been a kind of long one in terms of health. It's definitely had ups and downs. Um, If we go all the way back to when I was at high school, I was always interested in the human body. Um, If there was any information that stuck in my head, you know, learning PE and health and things like that, it was anything about the human body, food, nutrition. I just took it all in really easily and loved learning about it. I was not someone who was super active at high school. I mean, I played team sports and I did calisthenics all the way through um, primary school and high school, but I wasn't someone who was, you know, wanting to do every team sport. That certainly wasn't me. I did exercise and started personal training and things when I was in high school um, and tried to eat pretty well. My mum was always really good at, you know, we always had home-cooked meals and things. We were never a family who had sweets and things like that so I got a good foundation of food from my mum then I left school went through uni and did my teaching degree started working and eventually got engaged and although I'd always been quite health conscious I kind of took it to the next level you know preparing for a wedding and I started to learn a lot more about food started to exercise in a different way um And then just before our wedding, I fell pregnant and it wasn't planned. And unfortunately, it ended in disappointment. And this is 
probably where my um, health, I hate the word journey, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's probably where I had kind of my first low, I suppose. Um, I had always had some food intolerances and I definitely had foods that really didn't agree with me. I had been on low FODMAP and gluten-free and um, all those types of things. And then when we lost our first baby, my type A personality definitely took over. And I became a little bit obsessive with what I ate. Um, and if I'm being honest, I probably did it because... I had made it to the 14 week mark so physically I had gained I'd you know been all the way through the first trimester so I physically gained a little bit of weight and still had a little bit of a tummy which I was not used to and I think that I just wanted to um, get rid of any physical signs that I was pregnant because I thought to myself if I don't have a baby to show for it I don't want weight to still be there for no reason and so I became pretty obsessive um, I really was really like counting calories and watching what I ate and um, I was never hungry but I was just really really pedantic about what I put in my mouth and I started running a lot and exercising too much and I found you know I would feel guilty if I gave myself a rest day and very quickly the weight started dropping off and people around me started to become concerned and I still thought that I was fine and then we decided that we wanted to have a baby um, and I didn't have a menstrual cycle it just wasn't there or it was you know every 45 days um, and so my obstetrician informed me that I was definitely not ovulating um, and we tried fertility treatment and it just didn't work we'd have one month where I, it would overstimulate and then they would slightly adjust the dosage of medication and I would get nothing and so I got to a point where they said to me there is no in between now your next option is IVF and so we took a few months off and then I went back to see my obstetrician who I hadn't seen for quite a while actually and the moment that I walked in he said to me what is going on you you have lost a drastic amount of weight um, and he said I will not start the IVF process with you until you gain at least five kilos and so that was all it took for me which I think was probably lucky um, I wanted a baby more than I wanted to look a certain way. So I started to begin the process of trying to gain some weight in a healthy way. So I just stopped being so restrictive around food. I let myself relax a little bit more. You know, I was even I was so pedantic about the amount of avocado that I ate. You know, I wouldn't let my health, myself have more than you know, a certain amount of avocado. And so I just stopped monitoring any of those things. If I wanted an extra serve of dinner, I had it. If I, you know, wanted a heap of avocado in a salad, I had it. I didn't go out and eat a heap of sugar and things like that. But I, I just relaxed. I just 
ate the way you're supposed to eat without restriction. So I gained the weight. We did IVF. Um, we were really lucky. It, la- it all was very successful in our first round. Um, and I became pregnant with our son. And very uneventful pregnancy. Um, you know, all was normal. He was born naturally, um, healthy baby. You know, there was a little bit of intervention. So he was a forceps delivery. Um, but yeah, he was happy, healthy. I was able to breastfeed him. Um, and it was after I had him that I really started to look into low-tox cleaning because all of a sudden... When I was pregnant with him, my mum wouldn't let me clean our bathrooms. She would come over uh, once a week and she would clean my bathrooms because she refused to let me use Domestos or anything like that while I was pregnant. That should have been my warning. Probably should have even been my mum's. Like it should have been our trigger to go, well, let's look into natural stuff. Anyway, it wasn't. Um, And it wasn't until I had him that I thought... I don't want to clean my bath with Domestos. And even though I rinse it and things, I don't want to put my baby in that bath. So I started to just do a little bit of research. And I decided to just go back to basics. And I started using vinegar and bicarb. And only cleaning with that, noticing that it worked really, really well. So I stuck with that for a while for cleaning. I still didn't change everything. Like I was still using other toxic cleaning products, you know, like on our kitchen bench and things. Um, So I was just slowly learning and I just started to focus on good food. You know, I started experimenting with making our own bread, thanks to your course, Claire, Um, and just really going back to basics, you know, not buying seasoning packages for taco mints and just making things like that ourselves. So it was a slow process. Um, Then when our eldest was 11 months I fell pregnant naturally with our second baby a little girl and again um, another healthy pregnancy however I got gestational diabetes this time um, which was interesting for me considering I had had a history of disordered eating I and I know I have an obsessive type a personality I knew that that was going to be a test for me of how far did I push myself and how obsessive did I become with managing that gestational diabetes because I knew for me it's a very fine line. Um, And I did find I was quite obsessive, but luckily that didn't last after I had her. So once I was cleared of any type of diabetes once she was born, Um, I definitely didn't go back to any of those disordered eating patterns. So when she went through her first winter, she was always sick. The poor little thing got every cold and her symptoms seemed so much worse than other kids who just got a normal cold. And so I was recommended essential oils by a girlfriend and I had no idea what essential oils could do. I just thought that they had a smell and just made things smell nice. Um, And then she told me about all the ways that I could use them to benefit my family's health and to clean and to cook with them and just all of these things. And so I bought a kit, 
with the top 10 oils and a diffuser and I slowly started using them and we saw a really big difference with her. You know, she would go from being sick for over a week and barely getting a break at all between illnesses to, you know, being sick for much shorter periods of time. Her symptoms weren't as bad and she got a much bigger break. It didn't stop her getting sick, um, but it definitely helped. And that probably is where things changed massively for me. It really opened my eyes to natural health in a whole new way. I mean, I knew that you could use food as medicine and I knew that, um, you know, that you could make the most of what you had available to you and, and get rid of toxic cleaning products and things like that. But I just had never really experienced how well our bodies can interact with nature like I did with essential oils. So it then became a process for me of just incorporating all of that to benefit our health and then that resulted in me just loving essential oils so much that I wanted to teach other mums about them I wanted to show them how they can use them for my family and you know for me the first people that I started telling about them was my family and my mum and my mother-in-law who had health challenges themselves couldn't believe the changes that were happening for them personally using essential oils and so it snowballed from there and it's by far my favorite thing teaching women and mums especially how to use essential oils and then getting messages from them saying how they cannot believe how effective they are for their children for their physical health or their emotional health or managing anxiety or anything like that um, because it's just this completely undervalued tool that people don't even realize they can have and when you have it as a mum I don't know it's like this level of empowerment that you are taking back power of your health and your child's health and instead of relying on a medical system that masks a symptom you now become like it might sound silly but like the doctor in your family who knows how to treat based on your specific child and their symptoms and what you know works and what doesn't and the best thing is you can try and if it doesn't work you can try something else until it does and it was yeah, it was this level of empowerment as a mum that I had never had before so yeah I think that was kind of the beginning of it for me and now you know then we got to the point of us making our own cleaning products and you know researching things and making my own skincare and you know I tried so many different brands of cleaning products natural ones and of skincare and I spent so much money and it was all things that they went I went through them really quickly and then I decided to give it a go making things myself and I just I could never go back now not only do we save so much money but they work and they're safe and I just could never go back to not doing it um and we are certainly not perfect like we you know this it's this is not me saying that everything in our home is perfect and natural and healthy and you know it's not I mean it probably is all natural to be honest 
actually <laughs> but um, it's definitely not you know super healthy food and kids who eat a rainbow of vegetables my god I wish that I had <laughs> kids who ate a rainbow of vegetables but we're getting there and we do our best every day and you know we give ourselves a break and we're not too hard on ourselves and you know it's just small steps we're now on this very 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 slow process of trying to move more towards a zero waste lifestyle and I 100% think that I am more on board (laughs) with that one than my husband at this point but it's going to be a slow process and I have no doubt about that but yeah we're just doing what we can and trying to make our health and happiness the main priority along the way so yeah I think that is it from me um thank you for getting to know both of us and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode thanks for listening to the natural life academy if you love this episode we would really appreciate if you would leave a little review for us and tell us what you think and if you want more from us head over to facebook and join the natural life Facebook group where we will share more tips, tricks, recipes, and of course, inspiration for your natural life.